0: Scripture tonight comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, normally tonight, I think the past 13 years, uh, I would preach on the wonderful story of Christ's entry into Jerusalem. But we have been in a series on healing. We've called it a Lenten Healing Journey. And I just felt like there was one more to do. Uh, For a while, I thought, well, I'd just pick it up after Easter, but then it seemed like, well, let's just wrap, wrap it up tonight. So that's what we're going to do. We spent the first four weeks studying how our Lord heals in the Gospels, how the apostles went into the world carrying out our Lord's healing ministry, and then last week we asked an important question. We said, well, I think everybody kind of agrees that that's what happens out there, but do we have any sense that that kind of healing ministry should continue in the church today. And we mentioned that good Christians disagree on that question. That's an area where people see it differently. Uh, And I shared with you a little bit of my story about how I've come to understand this. Uh, And one of the reasons why I think that this kind of healing ministry is for today is because there are two passages in the New Testament that are addressed to churches that call us to... Uh, Pray for healing. Last week we looked at uh, James 5. Uh, That's one of the texts. And the second passage is the one that Austin just read, found in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, But like many things in Scripture, uh, there's been some debate over the years about whether or not this Scripture actually describes something that happens in the local church today. Uh, There is a, a way of looking at it that says that these were gifts that ceased or passed with the closing of the canon of Scripture. And the reason uh, why that is argued is from 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Now, what I was taught in seminary was that the perfect represents the, the, the scriptures, the canon being formed in the fourth century, that when we had the perfect Bible, we no longer needed uh, these kind of gifts. And uh, the reason why that isn't persuasive to me personally, although many godly believers that I know do read it that way, and you may, and that's fine, is I don't think that the Corinthians would have thought of the canon when Paul talked about the perfect. I think they would have talked about Jesus coming back. And so that's why I I think uh, these gifts are for today. So good Christians disagree on that. This is how I understand it. And so I'm teaching on healing, and I thought we'd look at this last passage that talks about another way that healing gifts can function in the church. Now, he begins with a little phrase. He says in chapter 12, verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed, You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So, that little phrase, now concerning, appears about five or six times in Paul's letter to the uh, Corinthians, Uh, as different issues come up. And so evidently what Paul is doing here is responding to a letter that had been sent him where the Corinthian church is asking questions about how to handle certain things. And so one of the questions that uh, he gets has to do with uh, the charismatic gifts. Evidently, they're a community. And remember, this would be a, a much smaller room than this. This would have been a house church. This would have been you know, maybe 20 people, 25 people, uh, where this is happening. It's really not addressing a large public gathering. Personally, I feel like uh, the practice of these gifts functions much better in a smaller, more inner gathering where you know each other and you can kind of clean things up if, if things get a little messy. So what kind of a context is he envisioning here? Uh, well, he says it's where people are speaking in the Spirit of God. So this is a, uh, some kind of a prayer, worshiping environment where people are hearing from God and sharing things. Over in chapter 14, uh, verse 26, we get a little summary. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. So that's sort of the context in which he's writing a small, essentially a small group, a small community where these kind of gifts are being practiced. And the Corinthians want to know uh, how to do this the right way. And as Paul uh, loves to do, he begins with some basic theological principles. And these are all important, especially as we learn how to pray for healing. The first thing he says is no one can say Jesus is his Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So his first principle is if you are in any kind of a community that practices these gifts, one of the things you need to make sure of is that the Lordship of Christ is exalted. Jesus Christ must be the focus, must be exalted. That's what you must walk away with is a sense that Jesus Christ is exalted. Well then... He says there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Varieties of service, but the same Lord. Varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. That's a second foundational principle. God gives different gifts to different people. He's sovereign. He gives different gifts to different people. And then he says in verse 7, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, a couple things there are very important as we kind of think about praying for healing according to this pattern. The ultimate purpose for healing, the ultimate purpose for any kind of expression of the Spirit, the ultimate purpose for any kind of charismatic gift is the common good. That's very, 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 very important. And I think we need to understand that two ways. One is that when the community comes together and prays and if it practices these gifts, it should be for the common good, for the building up of everyone in the community. You ought to look back, if you're a part of a community that's practicing these gifts, you ought to be able to look back and then say after six months or a year, you know, I see the common good being built up. I see I see God encouraging and equipping the body through these gifts. Now, there's another dimension of this. Common good can also refer to the the common good of the community in which the church is. And and I loved what you said about that, Matt, because even worship is, is missional. We worship so that we are better prepared to go out and serve the world, to seek the peace of the city. So one of the reasons for these gifts, one of the reasons for praying for healing It is not only that we feel better, and that's a very important goal. It's important to try to feel better. Nothing's wrong with that. But that we become the people God wants us to be so that we can do the things in the world for the world that God has called us to do. That's really, really important. These kind of gifts, praying for the sick, any kind of charismatic gift, ultimately is missional, ultimately is that it's about preparing you to be what God called you to be so you can go into the world and care for people the way that you're called uniquely to care for them. So if if some kind of charismatic renewal broke out in one of our small groups or one of your homes or or, or somewhere in the church, and it was really powerful and lots of wonderful things happened, and, and and a year later we ask, well, what actually happened outside of the room? The answer should have something to do with people became who they were made to be in Christ, figured out their callings, discerned their place in God's kingdom, and went out and served their communities, their families, their neighbors. If none of that happened, we miss something. Okay? It's God of these gifts need to be used for the common good. Now, two other little details in verse 7. To each is given... Uh, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, uh, the word given in the Greek is a present indicative. And so he's talking about the Holy Spirit giving gifts to the community in the present moment. See, he's not talking about, uh, he could have said these gifts were given to you. There are some gifts that we receive when we come to Christ, right? You know, teaching, hospitality, and whatever it is that you have. You know, it's part of the package when you come to Christ. You always have it. You can always live out of it. It's always there. It doesn't seem to be what he's talking about here. He's talking about when you gather together in prayer, the Holy Spirit gifts certain charisms for the sake of ministry in the present moment. And the word manifest means to express, to reveal, to disclose, uh, it, it's like it's the idea that there's a, a release of these gifts in the praying community when you come together for the sake of whatever ministry need is there. Now, let's briefly look at the nine gifts that he mentions and see how they relate to the gift of healing. Uh, and by the way, this is the only passage we have in the New Testament like this. There's no definition for these gifts. Uh, so we, we, should, we shouldn't be overly specific about what they say and are. This is Paul responding to a first-century Christian community saying these are some of the ways the Spirit can manifest. It's not an exhaustive list. Uh, first he says, To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. Uh, the Greek is logos sophia, logos nosos, Uh, Logos means word. That would be a more literal translation. He's talking about a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. We don't know exactly what that means. It means some kind of spirit-given manifestation where God reveals to the community or to you who's praying something that helps you care for someone else. And in the context of prayer, it might be that you're praying for the person and the Holy Spirit gives you insight into how you might pray, supernatural insight about something that's going on. And then he says, to another faith by the same Spirit. Uh, So again, these are all working together. This is like a symphony with different instruments uh, playing their part. You're praying, you're praying for someone uh, who's come and asked for prayer because they're sick or whatever. And the gift of faith means that someone... Uh, just kind of has an increase in the capacity to believe in God or to trust God or to step out in faith. And it it, it kind of quickens the environment of the room and and, uh, kind of motivates prayer. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Now, what are gifts of healing? There's only two places in the New Testament where where this is mentioned. We read them both uh, tonight. The other one is at the end of this chapter where where Paul says, and God has appointed in the church apostles, prophets, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing. And he asks, do all possess gifts of healing? So what does he mean? Uh, what, what, is he, what is he talking about here? Well, again, we don't have a definition in the Bible. We're not, we're not given that. Um, I... I have experienced it two ways. I've understood it two ways. I'm not sure I'm right. I think what he's talking about is this. Community gathers for prayer around a person. The gifts start to flow. And sometimes he gives a gift of healing for whatever need you're asking for. There's Mm -hmm. gifts of healing that are released in the prayer time. Now, I think secondly, when Paul says at the end, do not all possess gifts of healing, I think he's referring to some people who seem to have a greater capacity to pray for the sick and, and see uh, God do something than someone else. I think that's just what he's talking about, somebody who possesses a gift of healing. doesn't mean they walk into a hospital and clean it out. Um, and I always get tickled at that. Well, why? Jesus just walked into hospitals and cleaned them out. Well, no, he didn't. <laughs> Uh, the pool, uh, pool in Jerusalem was where Jesus off, healed one guy, sick people all over the place, and he healed one. Jesus didn't, didn't do that. And my other favorite concern at this point is, but I saw this charlatan on TV, and he milked people for their money, and that's why I don't believe anything about healing gifts. Well, come on. Um, that is a logical fallacy of the first degree. You can't say... I met a bad lawyer once. Sorry, Turner. It's been a lot about lawyers. Or Dan. Therefore, all lawyers are bad, and I won't practice law. I, I read that a postman went postal and blew up his post office box. Therefore, I will not use the mail service anymore. Well, whatever it is. You know, that's silly, right? So we can't, we can't go. Don't use that argument. There's better reasons to not believe in this than that. Okay. So those are the gifts of healing. Now, To another, the working of miracles. What is the difference between a miracle and healing? Don't know. Okay. Uh, To another, (laughs) prophecy. That's in that same family as words of wisdom and knowledge, supernatural insight for the sake of building another up. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. Uh, The spiritual world is real. It's not neutral. And so I think this is the gift that enables you, gives, gives a person in the room the capacity to kind of figure out maybe when things have gone dark, when things have gotten out of balance, when things are unhealthy, and they're the canary in the coal mine, and they say, you know, wait, 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 wait. Uh, you just said something in that prayer, and I, boy, my spirit was grieved when you said that. Let's, let's, let's back off here. This, by the way, is one of the reasons why I think most of the time, not always, most of the time, these gifts function best in small, intimate communities where you know each other so that someone can say, I, yeesh, that does not feel right. Or you can say at the end of the prayer time, is everybody okay with this? And someone can say, you know, I'm not. I actually felt like you totally missed this. Uh, and, and I'm actually kind of hurt. So it's important to have those kind of dialogues around this. Uh, to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Um, interpretation of tongues functions like prophecy when you're praying for the, for the sick. Uh, tongues can be kind of a, a fire starter, an awakening of other gifts. And then he ends like this. He says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now that is so important because we get into so much trouble when we all start saying, well, you should have this gift and you should have that gift and I want this gift and why do you have that gift and I have this gift and your gift, you think your gift is better than my gift. The bottom line is the Holy Spirit's sovereign. He determines who gets what gift well that's the last main passage in the New Testament about uh, healing and so we'll end with that tonight uh, what we've seen is that Jesus Christ was a healer the apostles were the healer and as best as I can tell the Holy Spirit continues that healing ministry in the local church today now you may be asking and this is a fair question Doug, I am not particularly drawn to the kind of prayer time you just described in 1 Corinthians 12. Are you saying, are you encouraging me to have that kind of prayer time? Are you saying my small group should go that way? Are you saying that somehow I'm less than because I'd rather pray through the Book of Common Prayer? Are you saying this is normative? No, no, no. There's all sorts of churches described in the New Testament. This is the only one we read where they pray like this. They all prayed in different ways. They were diverse like we are. So I'm not saying tonight, this is what you should go do. I'm saying this is one way the Holy Spirit works and one way a community can pray for the sick. And if if you're not drawn to pray this way, God bless you. Pray another way. There are some liturgical prayer services for healing that are powerful. There's some some contemplative prayer service for healing that are powerful. There's some Celtic prayer services for healing that are very powerful. There's all sorts of ways to pray for healing. Pray the way that you feel led to pray. And, beloved, this, I'll end with this. This is so important, but this is what I love about our church. We are not one flavor. And sometimes that's why my, my, my hair is going. <laughs> it would be easier if we were all one flavor, but we're not a charismatic church. We're not a reformed church. We're not a social justice church. We're not a mystical church. We're all here in this crazy soup together trying to all love each other and not kill each other. And that is kind of fun on some days and not so fun on other days. But my plea with you is, my plea with you on this stuff is, let's celebrate each other and the diverse ways the Holy Spirit leads us into God's presence. Let's not judge one another for how we move into the presence of God Let's not envy one another for how we move into the presence of God. Let's not look down on one another for how we move into the presence of God. Let's not force one another to do it the way that I do it, okay? Yeah, you want to learn from another side? Go do that. That's great. But we all have a spiritual DNA, a spiritual personality, and it's not going to change. There are many different ways of connecting with God And we need to be a community where everyone here connects with God in a unique way that you're equipped to do so. So, I won't make you pray in tongues. Don't make me read Jesus calling. All right? Okay. Let's pray.